2: The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com.
3: I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win three spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. High five. Casino. Casino. Win at High Five HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void we're prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details.
4: High Five Casino.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I wish you could see this woman, Grace Ann Sparks. She's a teen girl, she's just 19 years old. She has dreams of becoming a veterinarian, and she's found dead, shot in the head. Wait for it. She's shot in the head for Hayden Berkabyles viewing pleasure. She is shot dead in the head for this 29 year old guy's viewing pleasure. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Viewing pleasure? Someone gets viewing pleasure watching a young teen girl get shot in the head? Take a listen to reporter Cole
5: Sullivan, WBIR 10. When Chaz Terry began investigating a suicide call at this West Hills apartment, KPD says he could tell something was off. Records show 19-year-old Grace Ann Sparks shot herself in the bedroom with a 357 revolver. But a man in Indiana called 911 to report it. KPD says Hayden Berkabyle and Sparks had a relationship since before she turned 18. And the KPD detective says Berkabyle exerted sexual control over the victim, causing her to engage in dangerous and demeaning acts. He says Berkabyle crafted a manner by which Sparks would kill herself for his viewing pleasure. Hayden Berkabyle,
0: 29, is described as a BDSM sexual master. His words, not mine. Who, quote, exerted sexual control over the victim, causing her to engage in dangerous, demeaning acts. Now, that is according to a sworn search warrant affidavit. Okay, let's just get right down to it. Joining me, Christy Mazurik, Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter, president, Successful Strategies of Crisis Communications, Glenn Bard, former state trooper, first class, computer crime investigations, that's important. Operation Desert Storm vet, patch digital forensics at pactech.com. Dr. Kendall Crown is joining us, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, Austin, Texas. You know how hard, how difficult it is to become a Deputy Chief Medical Examiner? Very difficult, very difficult. He is also senior lecturer at University of Texas and Texas A&M. Dr. Sherry Schwartz is joining us today, forensic psychologist specializing in capital cases at PantherMitigation.com. She is the author of Criminal Behavior and Where Law and Psychology Intersect. Randy Kessler joining me renowned Atlanta trial lawyer, former chairman of the ABA family law section and author of Divorce, Protect Yourself, Your Kids, and Your Future. He's got a lot of experience, war stories of relationships gone wrong. I bet he's never seen a case like this. And you can find him at ksfamilylaw.com. First of all, uh, Dr. Sherry Schwartz, you know, there's a problem when I go to you before the reporter. Could you explain to everyone that's not into bondage what BDSM is? Yeah, uh, it is.
6: It stands for bondage, discipline, dominance, and submission. It's a form of sexual sadism where the the person who or persons who are into this uh, become sexually aroused. At violence, physical violence, the psychological dominance, um, having somebody behave submissively. And what we know about that is that very often that is sometimes the only way,
0: excuse me, that they these individuals can get aroused. When this case was initially investigated, right at the beginning, red flags uh, were raised, But who is this beautiful young teen girl? And I'd like to point out that their relationship, as it is, started years before her death. This guy is nearly 30 years old with a teen girl uh, that ends up dead on the floor for his, quote, viewing pleasure. Take a listen to our friends at WBIR10.
7: Candace Sparks shares story after story of her daughter with the tender heart, the bluest of blue eyes, and curly blonde hair.
8: She was champion of the underdog. You know, people could pick on her, but they couldn't pick on her friends. After high school, Grace Ann moved from Cookville to Knoxville. She finally got the horse she always wanted, Let's take a listen to more of who the victim really is. You know, she was so excited about her plans. And I just lost it. I fell to the floor. It had to be shocking. Yes, that's the thing. It was out of the blue. I just, I couldn't believe it. But then I found out that there was more involved. So much more involved. You were hearing
0: Her mother, Grace Ann Sparks' mother, describing her, the mom says her little girl had a, quote, heart of gold. From the time she was a child, she loved animals. As soon as she graduated high school, her goal was to enroll at University of Tennessee College of Veterinary Medicine. Bright blue eyes, blonde curly hair, and her joy when she finally got to adopt a horse. Mom says she had the world by the tail, pretty, great personality, super smart, no end to what she could accomplish. When the medical examiner arrived on the scene and said he thought it was a suicide, Mom just didn't believe it. To Dr. Kendall Crowns joining me, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, that's Austin, Texas, lecturer, University of Texas and Texas A&M. Tell me about going to a scene, finding a female victim dead by GSW, gunshot wound, and immediately assuming it was a suicide. What would lead to that conclusion?
9: Well, usually with suicides at the scene, the main thing is the gun is still there. Uh, It's usually the individuals clutching it or it's uh, beside them or underneath the leg. But that's one of the key things. The other thing is is the gunshot wound of entrance. When you look at it, you can see specific things that uh, show that it's contact range, like muzzle impression and soot around the wound itself. Other things that you're looking at in a suicide situation is there's no evidence of a struggle. Often they, uh, uh, often with women suicides, they they will shoot themselves in the bathtub or do it in an area where it'll be easier to clean because they're thinking those that find them and having to clean it up. So those are factors that you're looking for. And then sometimes there's a note, uh, like a physical note that's written, or nowadays there's digital notes as well that are put on the computer or on cell phones. But those factors are what you're looking for with a suicide. What is stippling? Stippling or gunpowder tattooing is when you're holding the barrel of the gun anywhere from near contact to about 18 to 24 inches and you pull the trigger, it's the actual gunpowder coming out of the uh, gun gun itself and hitting the edge of the skin and either embedding in the skin or abrading or kind of scratching the skin. It leaves like these little dots around the gunshot wound of entrance Uh, and that's one of the ways we determine range of fire. Usually with suicides it's contact range so the the soot or gunpowder all kind of blows into the wound itself and you'll find it about the edge of the wound and in the wound cavity.
0: Kind of like a tattoo where the gun is uh, at in contact with the skin or close to the skin.
9: Yeah, that's actually another name for it is gunpowder tattoos.
4: Ever wolfed down a Big Mac and thought, I could use some extra cash? Mm-hmm. Meet Drop, the ultimate rewards app. Earn free gift cards for getting your daily coffee or late night drive through effortlessly. Just link a card, shop, and watch rewards stack. With Drop, it's like getting paid to indulge. <laughs> Download Drop now and start earning. Use the code DROP22 for $5 in points instantly.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, when Grace Ann Sparks' teen girl is found dead in her own home, it's announced a suicide, but her mother doesn't believe it. Cannot believe that's the entire story. And as usual, Mommy is right. Back to Dr. Kendall Crown's Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, Austin, Texas. We often conduct field tests which means it's a test done not in the laboratory laboratory the crime lab or the morgue and field tests have been done time immemorial for instance just let's say you're in world war ii and you're trying to identify a body there is a field test no there wasn't dna at the time but there were field tests then here I assume, Dr. Kendall-Crowns, there would be a GSR, gunshot residue test, where right there on the scene, or the hands can be bagged in paper bags with rubber band around them and taken to the morgue. I would do a GSR right there on the scene because GSR is so easily moved or destroyed. It's like baby powder, gunshot residue, and you very often cannot see it with the naked eye but you rub what do you rub on the hand dr kendall
9: crown so with uh, gsr testing or gunshot residue testing it uh, it's a kind of a sticky tab that we use to place on it and it it, it kind of pulls the uh, gunshot residue off like a, like placing a tape what i'm on it. asking is what's uh, on
0: the sticky tab what is that substance oh
9: got me there i don't know i can't believe it i've something. actually
0: stumped you jackie yeah, you
9: have.
0: so but that's when, have uh, that down. a sticky um white tape uh a, and then it's examined and you can then under a microscope determine if there's gunshot residue and test it that would be a reason you could determine something was a suicide if the victim has gunshot residue on their hands. But not always. There could have been a struggle over the gun. I mean, there are many ways to beat a gunshot residue test or to thwart it. To Glenn Bard, former state trooper first-class computer crime investigation, U.S. vet Operation Desert Storm, and an expert in digital forensics. Glenn Bard, uh, of course, you've come to scenes before where you determine that the hom- it, it, it's not a homicide. It's a suicide. What would lead, what would factor into your decision?
1: What we do a lot of times is a couple of things. First off, uh, when a person does commit suicide, a lot of times they research it first. They'll do different Google searching and internet searching about the best ways to do it, the least painful ways to do it, and so on like that. Some other times they'll leave, um, again, notes, whether it be in a message or some type of note left on the digital Mm -hmm. information about them saying goodbye. A lot of times they'll want to apologize. Um, You know, I love you, this isn't because of you, but I just can't be here anymore. So we'll look for those notes. And then third, Probably one of the most important things we do is we take the digital technology, the phones, the computer systems, and we arrange everything by a timeline. And what we do is we look at the events leading up to the point in time of the incident. So if the event took place at say noon, what I'm going to start doing is looking at noon and work my way back and see what happened leading up to it. Were they in a good mood? Were they in a bad mood? Were they messaging with friends? Were they in a fight with somebody? that was dear to them so we look at the technology kind of like a totality of it and it gives us a way to see if they're researching suicide see if they had been depressed um, and look at what was taking place leading up to the incident did they leave that suicide note or that basically apology note that for what they had done
0: so how did this whole thing go down take a listen to robert robin wilhoyt at wbir
7: 10 Knoxville police say while Grace Ann pulled the trigger, Hayden Bile is to blame for her death. Police say the two talked online for years, starting well before Grace Ann turned 19. They say he encouraged her to
8: kill herself for his viewing pleasure. Why did this person decide my kid needed to not be here anymore? What made him so special that he gets to decide that? Prosecutors hope to
7: convict Burke on negligent homicide and false report charges. The case would be a first of its kind in Tennessee. What is your hope
8: that will come to pass? Um, justice for my daughter. I hope that this person gets the maximum sentence allowed. To Randy Kessler,
0: veteran Atlanta trial lawyer, and you can find him on Insta at rkessler 23. Randy, this will be the first case of its kind in Tennessee where he aided and abetted her
10: suicide. It, it's crazy. I mean, you can think of all the memes and all the all the abbreviations, manipulated murder, mind control murder. I mean, the headlines are going to be all over the place. This is going to change the law. Can you actually encourage somebody to hurt themselves and be responsible for it. This is um, fascinating. It's gonna be very interesting to watch and we'll see what happens across the nation after this one.
0: Well, it's not the first time a case like this has ever been prosecuted. Take a listen to our Cut 10. This is ABC News reporter Deborah Roberts.
7: With no word from her son, a frantic Lynn Roy contacted the Fairhaven Police Department. An officer was soon on the case and began searching. He wound up in this Kmart parking lot.
2: So I saw the corner of my eye, a black F-250 parked over there.
7: Parked right over here? Right over there. Fairhaven officer Dave Correa finds the black pickup truck, Conrad's lifeless body behind the wheel. He's gone, his life over at age 18.
2: I'd seen enough people that were gone to realize just by looking at him that he was gone, that there was nothing that anybody was gonna be able to do for him.
7: In the back seat, this portable water pump, powered by a gasoline engine, Running that engine with the windows closed filled the truck with a lethal cloud of carbon monoxide gas, enough to kill anyone inside in 20 minutes flat. Deadly as a loaded gun.
5: It's immediately clear that it's a suicide. They contact his parents and Lynn Roy learns that her son has
11: died.
0: And in that case as well, The mom could not believe her teen boy would commit suicide. She knew that was not the entire story. And once again, mother is right. Take a listen to our cut 11. This is our friend from CBS, Aaron Moriarty.
2: Right away, we heard from investigators that medical examiner found that it was a suicide. It wasn't until they started looking at his phone that they realized that there was something else going on here. Because on that phone, were hundreds and hundreds of texts from michelle carter to conrad roy urging him to end his life
12: you can't think about it you just have to do it you said you were gonna do it like i don't get why you aren't
2: and michelle carter admittedly said do it she was kind of making fun of him for for not taking his own life
12: i thought you really wanted to die but apparently you don't i feel played and just stupid You're going to have to prove me wrong because I just don't think you really want this. And she kept pressuring him to do it. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and you'll be free and happy. No more pushing it off. No more waiting. There was one point where he actually got out of the truck Mm -hmm. and changed his mind. Yeah, he was scared. And she told him to go back in the truck.
0: Yes. You're playing me? Why don't you go ahead and kill yourself? Just do it and get it over? Go die? It goes on and on and on. Michelle Carter's horrible, hateful texts and phone calls to a sensitive young teen boy, her so-called boyfriend, demanding he kill himself.
4: Tired of boring lunches? Picture this. You're at Chipotle ordering the same old burrito bowl. But wait, there's more excitement in store than just guac. Introducing Drop, the ultimate rewards app. Just link your card, dine at your favorite restaurants, and you'll earn points to get free gift cards from tons of brands. It's like getting paid to eat. (laughs) Hungry for savings? Download the Drop app now and use code DROP44 to kickstart your rewards journey with $5 in points.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, we are talking about the case of Grace Ann Sparks found dead for the, quote, viewing pleasure of her long-distance boyfriend, Hayden Berkebile, nearly 30 years old. He had been in a relationship of short sorts with this teen girl for years, and her mom is just Devastated. The mind control he exerted over her little girl, gorgeous young girl. She looks like a, 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 an 18-year-old Nicole Kidman with the beautiful, curly, strawberry blonde hair, the crystal blue eyes, planning to go to college to become a vet there in Tennessee. Thrilled she had just adopted her first horse, wanted to be a large animal vet. That's all over. All her mother has left is pictures. That's it. That's all she's got. This won't be the first time a case like this has been prosecuted. Take a listen to our cut 12. This is Lindsay Janice at ABC. Michelle
13: Carter allegedly sent her boyfriend a series of text messages that authorities say were intended to convince him to take his own life. Her attorneys have tried twice to have the charges against her dropped, but now they must go to trial. This morning, Michelle Carter the Massachusetts teenager accused of urging her boyfriend to commit suicide by a text message is now facing up to 20 years in prison. The state's highest court ordering her to stand trial, deciding Friday to uphold Carter's grand jury indictment on a manslaughter charge for the 2014 death of 18-year-old Conrad Roy. Roy died of carbon monoxide poisoning after locking himself inside his truck in this Kmart parking lot. At the time, prosecutors say he was on the phone with Carter for 47 minutes. His girlfriend allegedly convincing him to stay in the truck after he had second thoughts. He was scared. She told him to get back in the car. She told him to get back
0: in the car. Just do it. Get it over with. Do it tonight. Listen, I've already talked to your family. They'll be fine. Sure, they'll be sad for a few months. They'll get over it. End the misery. Kill yourself. That's what she said. And he did. An extremely sensitive young man was mentally overpowered by Michelle Carter. Take a listen now to our cut 13.
13: In a series of text messages leading up to Roy's death, prosecutors say Carter was essentially bullying him into suicide. Texting, you need to stop thinking about this and just do it. And there is no way you can fail. Tonight is the night. It's now or never. When are you going to do it? Stop ignoring the question. Carter's lawyers argued the then 17-year-old's texts were protected by the First Amendment and didn't cause Roy to kill himself, saying Roy was the one who convinced Carter he should commit suicide.
2: He has in fact brainwashed her to the point where she's now accepting
3: his idea of this is my only option.
13: But Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court disagreed, saying Carter engaged in a systematic campaign of coercion that targeted Roy's insecurities and that her instruction to get back in his truck in his final moments was a direct causal link to his death. So
0: she, Michelle Carter, is
13: actually on the phone with him,
0: listening like the little ghoul she is as he dies. Listening as her boyfriend dies at her behest. You know, Randy Kessler, a veteran trial lawyer, joining me out of Atlanta, Emory Law professor, Randy Kessler, First Amendment, are you kidding? (laughs) They actually argued that her texts... And what she said to him, aiding and abetting his death, this young teen boy was protected by the First Amendment. The First Amendment is not unfettered, Kessler. I can't run into a theater and yell fire and laugh while everybody claws over themselves trying to get out.
10: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. You and I learned that first day of law school. You cannot run into a crowded theater and yell fire because that will cause injury and damage. That does... You know, there are limits on free speech, and that's exactly the example I would have used. And all lawyers know that example clearly, which is, you know, this is much worse than running into a crowded theater and doing that. This is leading someone to death and, and pushing and pushing until it happens. It is not free speech.
0: So you and I agree on that. How in the world would you defend a case like this? What I mean, it's not free speech.
10: It's intent. It's going to be intent. Nobody believes that somebody would really kill themselves just because I say go kill yourself. And people use that Unfortunately, as a euphemism or as a, you know, an, an argument, what I people, wish you kill yourself or drop If I, drop I heard
0: dead, one of my twins say, go kill it. yourself or go drop, die, drop dead.
10: fur never heard spouses fly. Say, you've never heard spouses say to each other, drop dead, or, you know, I wish you just didn't exist. People say things like that, never, ever believing that it would happen. So that's got to be the defense. You need intent. Well, guess what, Randy fun.
0: Kessler, uh, veteran trial lawyer, Emory Law School professor. Guess what? A jury disagrees
12: with you. Take a listen to Our Cut 14. And again, our friend Aaron Moriarty. Carter was on the phone with Roy as he was dying of carbon monoxide poisoning inside his truck in July 2014. She never called for help. When Roy apparently changed his mind and got out of his vehicle, she even told him to get back inside. Roy suffered from depression.
11: The hardest thing for me is to be comfortable in my own skin.
12: And before he killed himself, Carter sent the 18-year-old dozens of texts pressuring him to commit suicide. One read, hang yourself, jump off a building, stab yourself. I don't know, there's a
11: lot of ways. Michelle Carter exploited my son's weaknesses and used him as a pawn. Where was her humanity?
12: Carter, who herself has struggled with anxiety and eating disorders, wept at times during the hearing.
9: This is a tragedy for two families.
12: Judge Lawrence Monez sentenced her to two and a half years in jail, but he said Carter would only have to spend half of that, 15 months, behind bars. She also received five years probation. Well, that's a slap on the wrist, but take a listen
0: to I Cut 15, what Conrad Roy's father had to say.
11: Michelle Carter exploited my son's weaknesses and used him as a pawn in her own (sighs) well-being. She has not shown any remorse. The fact that my son was convicted, convinced, sorry, to kill himself makes his death unimaginable. How could Michelle Carter behave so viciously and encourage my son to end his life? Where was her hum- humanity? In what world is his behavior okay and acceptable? <laughs> Coco is missed beyond measure. His family misses him, his sisters miss him, his friends miss him, and I miss him. <laughs> the last words I said to my son was, I love you. And Coco said, I love you, too. I miss him every moment of every day.
0: That is just exactly what the mother of teen girl Grace and Sparks is going through right now. To Dr. Kendall Crowns joining me, Deputy Chief Medical Examiner, Travis County, Austin, Texas. Dr. Crowns, this young man... Teen boy, Conrad Roy, died of carbon monoxide inhalation at the behest of his girlfriend, Michelle Carter. How do you die of carbon monoxide?
9: So carbon monoxide, uh, when you inhale the exhaust, actually uh, your blood binds it more preferentially than oxygen. So it displaces the oxygen from your red blood cells and uh, floods your system with carbon monoxide, and you basically suffocate or asphyxiate to death from lack of oxygen getting to your brain and organs.
0: Is it a painful death,
9: or do you just kind of go to sleep? So, I, what it will, as the levels get higher, you'll you'll get a headache, kind of an extreme headache. You'll also start getting nauseated and even throw up until the point that you have enough. Uh, lack of oxygen that you pass out the, the, the theory that a lot of people like to think is that you just kind of pass out quietly but i it's actually the reality is, is you you get a migraine-esque headache and you vomit and retch and throw up before you pass out so it's not just falling asleep there's a there's some activity involved in it before you pass out
0: and dr sherry schwartz forensic psychologist what kind of a freak would sit on the other end of the phone and listen to that
6: uh, somebody who is really seriously lacking in empathy and, and doesn't have a conscience. Um, and that's really troubling. That makes that person one of the most dangerous people to walk among us. When you lack empathy uh, and and it's not your impulse to say, no, 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 stop, let's get you help, That that's a dangerous human being.
0: And the reality is Conrad Roy is just about two blocks from a police station. And she knew that. She could have saved his life, but instead sat by on the phone and listened to him wretch with a migraine and die of carbon monoxide inhalation.
2: The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome
3: to bird.
4: Ever tried to tackle a home improvement project without making 10 trips to Home Depot? What if I told you there's a way to earn cash back while you shop? Introducing Drop, the ultimate rewards app. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards by shopping in-store or online at Home Depot and tons of other stores. Download the Drop app today and use code DROP33 to get an instant $5 in points. That's Drop, your go-to for shopping rewards.
0: Crime stories with Nancy Grace. We are talking about the death of a gorgeous teen girl, Grace Ann Sparks, who is shot dead for the viewing pleasure of her nearly 30-year-old boyfriend, a couple of states over in Indiana, Hayden Berkabyle. Christy Mazurek, Emmy Award winning investigative reporter, joining us today. How long had these two been in a mm, relationship?
14: Ready for the shocker? Yeah. Since she was 13. This was going on for several years. He trolled her on Facebook, and then they would have continued chats on all of these social media apps like WhatsApp. He groomed her for several years. And then, as he's called himself this sex master, the day of her death, she asked him what, she, what he wanted. And he said, uh, I want to kill you. That's all I want.
0: How do and, and we know he that? Was that in text? Is there a record, a trail of that?
14: Apparently, they took video snapshots of the conference that they were having at the time of the death. And it's in the affidavit now.
0: Wow. Okay, Glenn Bard, enter former state trooper, first class computer crime investigator, now with PATC Tech Digital Forensics.
1: Glenn, how are we going to prove this case? Well, what you're going to do is you're going to take and look at not just the one date of this, you're going to take all this communication from previous. You're going to show the pattern of it. So we don't want to just focus on just that one or two things said that day. We're going to take all the texts, all the videos that they have captured and screenshotted, and all the communications they've had and show that this is an ongoing pattern where this individual had spoken to her like this before so that it wasn't a you know, one-time thing or an accidental, that he had this in his you know wherewithal of doing this intentionally to her over and over again from, obviously, since the time she was about 13 years of age.
0: And at that age, Dr. Sherry Schwartz, people are so um, malleable. They can be formed or um, diverted to all the wrong paths. Absolutely, and we can't underestimate
6: that this makes us have to really consider that Berkabyle is in fact a predator. He was grooming her as Christy said, and th- that is really the element here. They, they basically go on the hunt to look for young victims like Grace, who are really high in empathy. She was doing animal rescue, and she was so young and so impressionable, and here's this older guy who's interested in her. And that grooming can, can go on and take many forms for a long time. They, these individuals don't typically lead with the BDSM sex master thing on
0: their resume. They build up to that. So we cannot underestimate So, Christy Missouri, what was he doing? Have her perform, this teen girl perform sex acts on, like, Skype or WhatsApp?
14: WhatsApp. Uh, That's what the investigators from Knoxville tell me, is they saw a pattern of this type of video being sent back and forth on WhatsApp. And then uh, she asked him, you know, before he said, I want to kill you, she asks him, uh, tell me what you would like me to do, use me. And that was his response. I want to kill you.
0: Take a listen to our Cut 4. This is Cole Sullivan at 10
5: News. In late September, the detective says Berkabyle told her, I want to kill you. And he was video chatting with her on FaceTime when she pulled the trigger. They're going to look forensically at all of the data that's available, both from the respective cellular devices, as well as what's available out there in the social media world. Defense attorney T. Scott Jones and others we contacted say there's never been a case like this in Tennessee. A case where a man more than 300 miles away is charged with the murder of a woman who shot herself. Did he create an unjustifiable substantial risk by his actions and by his words? A grand jury indicted Birkabyle for negligent homicide and false reporting. The trial is scheduled for late September, two years to the day from Grace Ann Sparks' death. If he's convicted, the false reporting charge actually carries more prison time than criminally negligent homicide. It means you could spend two to eight years in prison.
0: So he would actually do more time on false reporting than he would be in coercing, aiding, and abetting this teen girl to commit suicide. Take a listen to our Cut 7. This is investigative reporter Dave Mack with Crime
15: Online. Police say Hayden Berkabyle and Grace Ann Sparks have had a relationship since the woman was in her early teens. They communicated often using messaging apps and visited each other before she died. As police look at more than two years of electronic communication between the pair, it becomes evident that Sparks has been talking to Berkabyle online for years, possibly since she was 13 years old. At that time, Sparks is obviously a juvenile, but Berkabyle, 10 years older, was an adult.
0: Randy Kessler, why can't he be also prosecuted for child abuse, convincing a 13-year-old girl to perform sex acts on video live? I mean, that's like a cam girl for Pete's sake.
10: There's a whole bunch of things, and, and did he distribute any pictures? Did he? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more there. This seems like the most dramatic and the most the most jury appeal that what he actually he made her do. I mean, this is a. There are probably a lot of charges that are underneath this, and uh, I think you're exactly right. They should explore all that.
0: Two to to eight years? That doesn't sound like enough. Guys, take a listen to our cut eight. Once again, Dave Matt, Crime Online.
15: Knoxville police say Hayden Berkabyle is a 29-year-old Indiana man encouraging Grace Sparks to kill herself for his viewing pleasure. Investigators describe Berkabyle as a BDSM sexual master who exerted sexual control over Sparks. A sworn search warrant affidavit states that this control caused Sparks to engage in dangerous and demeaning acts. The affidavit also states that on the day that Sparks died, Berkabyle told her, I want to kill you. That's all I effing want
0: to a teen girl he's been taking advantage of sexually since she's 13 years old. And as I told you, I told you all about the Michelle Carter case, where Michelle Carter insisted Conrad Roy commit suicide, and he did, and she was prosecuted and convicted. There's another case. Take a listen to our Cut 17. These are our friends at CBS.
2: In Young You stood silently as a prosecutor read dozens of profanity filled text messages that she said the 21 year old sent to her boyfriend, Alexander Urtula.
6: Literally, I want to bash your head against the wall. Can you go f- hit your head on the Think repeatedly.
2: The former Boston College student is accused of physically, emotionally, and psychologically abusing Artula through text messages, which drove him to take his own life on his graduation day last May. The defendant's abuse was the cause of Mr. Artula's suicide. Over the course of the last two months of their 18-month relationship, the couple exchanged more than 75,000 text messages. More than half were sent from you. Prosecutors say she constantly drove the talk of suicide, repeatedly texting Artula to go die. And in another text, she wrote, do everyone a favor and go effing kill yourself. Prosecutors say you was there on the parking garage roof when Urtula jumped. They say she knew he was there for nearly an hour because she tracked his phone location, but never alerted anyone to intervene in his suicide.
0: There's no doubt about it. She's the devil's minion. What does the mother of Grace Ann Sparks have to say? Take a listen to Our Cut 5 from WBIR 10. Candace
8: says there's a lesson for every parent in Grace Ann's story. When you give your kid a smartphone, you're essentially giving them a plane ticket to anywhere in the world, an unsupervised plane ticket. Two years after her daughter's death,
7: Candace chooses to remember Grace Ann as the girl who could light up any room.
8: There's no no end to what she could have accomplished. I want her to be remembered as a light. She was a light in a world that sometimes was really dark. If you think
0: someone you know is suicidal or contemplating suicide, please call 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. Please act. Nancy Grace Crime Story signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading.
4: Overspending on Amazon? Earn while you shop with Drop. Earn rewards on every purchase online or in store. Download Drop now and use code DROP11 to get $5 in points. Get rewarded for shopping today.